for this evening, this Wednesday night, uh, want to do a message, more of a teaching, um, you know, sometimes it's preaching, sometimes it's more kind of devotional, sometimes it's an exhortation. I want to do a little more of a teaching, and uh, I guess we could say maybe a little bit of a breakout uh, coming out of the message that we looked at on Sunday morning uh, for our church birthday. We talked about some vision targets that we have, and we talk, talked about uh, one of our vision targets was being a church of impact. And uh, we acknowledge that part of uh, our, our kind of catchphrase, byline, vision, mission picture uh, is these words, building the people that shape the world. And so what I'd like to uh, just really unpack and get into a little bit here tonight is shaping the world. And just on a very, very practical level, talk about what does it look like uh, to be one that shapes the world. And uh, there's a lot of different things that that are stirring in my heart regarding this. You know, when we talk about shaping the world, we're talking about bringing influence. You know, whether it's bringing influence into our home, bringing influence into uh, our our workplace, influence at our church, uh, whatever circles and spheres that we work with, you realize somebody driving down the parkway by the way they drive can influence the world. I mean, it can shape the world. You know, have you ever seen one person that's being kind of reckless and and it, it gets caught by everybody around them, you know, and they speed up and all of a sudden you see other cars start to speed up and it, it's, 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 it's crazy to watch, you know, and, and uh, you know, somebody in a store that's getting agitated, you can see how it can create, you know, um, it, we, we can shape the world even with strangers, even with people we don't know. And, you know, uh, for, from, from my perspective, I think very clearly from a biblical perspective, we can interchange another word for influence. We can interchange another word uh, for shaping. And the word would be leadership. And so, you know, in certain contexts at Grace and Peace, we do leadership teachings for department heads and leaders and pastors and, you know, folks that have a a leadership job. But uh, with all of my heart, I, I believe and I see it clearly in the word of God, leadership is not just for those who are called to serve in posts with leadership titles. Leadership is for every member of the body of Christ because we are all called to be those that shape the world. I didn't understand this early on. When I first uh, became a youth pastor uh, up in North Jersey, 94, 96, something like that, you know, uh, I remember how excited I was when I walked to my office, you know, and there was this little plaque on the side and it said Pastor Jim Wearer and I had business cards that say I are the leader I can show you it's right here on my on my card and then you know my, my thinking was like well hey I have the position I have the title people will just get behind and follow and it's, it's when I, I learned the leadership proverb he who thinks he leads when no one follows is just taking a walk Right, and I, and I realized early on I was just taking a walk, and then I began to understand that that no, it's it's the ability to influence, and influence needs to be earned, you know. Uh, and 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 for people that we do life with, there's more of an earning that has to happen in that relationship. But sometimes it can be earned in a moment among strangers by just doing the godly thing, or just 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 a kind word, or or, or a, a moment of grace. You, you know, so uh, it, it's, there's, there's a variety of applications to that. But Matthew 5.14 says, you know, you are the light of the world. If that isn't a picture of we shape the world and, and we have the opportunity for influence. It goes on to say, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, neither do they light a lamp and put it under a bowl. And we mentioned this on Sunday morning, you know, God's call for all of his people is for us to be the head and not the tail. So again, at the end of the day, we may all not ever have leadership titles or positions. We all may have varied opportunities of influence that are, that are given to us from the Lord. 
but every one of us has an opportunity to be influenced for him. Every one of us has opportunity to be one that can see the light of Christ, the light of God's kingdom, the light of who God is, to be a living epistle. And if that's not another verse that shows us that we're called to show the world to be influenced, you know, you know, uh, living epistles written to the world to show them that God loves them, that, that Jesus is alive. And, and so when we look at this then, understanding what influence is, understanding how it comes, uh, is of great value to every believer. It's not just for a person like me who said, I are a pastor, see, I've got the card. You know, uh, certainly it's important in those settings, but really for every one of us to understand how influence works and how it doesn't work. And so I want to talk about some qualities of, of influencers. Uh, we could say qualities of leaders, uh, qualities of world shapers, however we want to put it. I want to kind of stay away from the word leadership, though, because I don't want you to be thinking title. I want you to be thinking God has given every one of us an opportunity to influence, you, you know, whatever, whatever that scope is. And, and, and I just want to go through and start to paint a picture on a person who chooses to influence thinks and acts differently than somebody who's not aware of the fact that they already do influence, right? So no matter what, it's not like we, we don't influence, but if, we, if we're aware of that opportunity and privilege and we do it on purpose and do it in the right way, man, we can really steward. I think of the verse where, you know, uh, Lord, you gave me 10, here's 10 more, I took what you gave me and, 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 it, and, it, and it grew, you know, uh, it doubled, you know, and then, you know, it goes on down the line. Then there's the last one who said, hey, you're a tough boss. I didn't do anything with what you gave me. I just put it in the ground, you know. Uh, we, we, you know, uh, I, I think we can look in this context of, all right, Lord, so you've given me an opportunity to influence. Am I aware of it? Am I using it on purpose to glorify you? Because how many know when we start to steward for the Lord, he doesn't leave you where you are. It is, you know, I, I, this isn't a message on Christian success, you know, but, but it's inescapable to say when we steward well, it's a pathway to promotion in God's plan for our lives, right? You know, so as, as we look at some of these principles, I, wa I want to paint one more picture here when we think about, so what is influence? Or, or you know, hey, you know, Jim, maybe can you, can you help me put my hands around? What are, some, what are some tangible things that I could understand on how I can, in a healthy way, grow my influence? Well, I say the first thing that has to be a part of our lens is what, what's got to come out of our influence is it's not about me, it's about somebody else. Whether it's about the Lord you know, I'm living for the audience of one, but then as I, as I see influence for somebody else, it's not to get some kind of a notch in my belt for God or for something else. It's about loving and serving and wanting to add uh, something to the other person's life. Can you say amen? Because then if it's, not, if it's not that way, then it's not influence, it's manipulation for my purpose. And woe unto us if we are manipulating for Christ. You know, oh, but I want to see him saved. We don't want to manipulate people into the kingdom. We want to love them into the kingdom and let God do what he does, right? So that's the first thing that we got to grasp. But then after that, you know, what grows our influence in the lives of others, I think character grows our, our influence in the lives of other people. Can you say Amen. When they realize we have character, when they realize they can trust us, when they, when they realize that, that we are working from an authentic place where we really want to love and serve the other person, I think that's going to grow our influence. Um, then I think our ability to, to connect with others. Uh, I'm doing the pastor thing. There's going to be three C's here, you know? You know so, so character, the ability to connect with others. Like I'll give you, for instance, you know, I've heard some people, um, you know, poo-poo the idea of, you know, they'll, they'll make fun of a book like How to Win Friends and Influence People, you know? And, and I understand sometimes that's used in the context of it isn't about winning friends. It's about standing boldly for God. I get it in that context. But on the flip side, I think some people can use a course on how to be nice to people, how to connect and relate to people, you know? Like I'll give you, for instance, one thing that we can, whenever we're in a conversation, one thing to realize just in connecting and relating with people is the minute we first start talking to somebody, 
come on, unless you're super, 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 super comfortable, what's the first thing that we start talking about? Right? Ourselves. You know, and I can remember one time even, you know, just, just as, a, as a younger pastor talking to somebody and, you know, um, and, and I had to learn, you know, that, hey, what's going on? Where have you been? Oh, well, we were away in Florida. My, my, my security mechanism went right to, oh, when I was in Florida, blah, 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 blah. And now I've just approached them to try to love them and meet them where they're at. And, and now I'm talking about me. And kindly they're listening and all of that. And I walk away thinking, boy, I really, people person, Jim, yeah. You know, and, and I've, I've not cared. I've not listened. I've not made it about the other person to really listen, you know. So, so to connect with others is to look all in the places and the word of God is packed with places, right, about, you, you know, um, listening to others, you know, being slow to anger, you know, being full of grace, uh, a lo- serving, encouraging. There's all these different attributes that are given that if we'll practice those things authentically, intentionally, then it, it's going to be at a point where people will say, oh, there's so-and-so. I want to go get around so-and-so, you know? Um, so so, so we, we're, we're talking about character. We're talking about uh, connecting. And then you want to know another thing? This, this kind of comes at it from a little bit of a different angle, but uh, competence. When you see somebody who's competent, good at what they do, uh, it, it builds their influence. Can you say Amen. You know, and, and, you know, that can be true on a really big scale. That's why, you know, they'll pay, you know, millions of dollars for stars. You know, I can think back to the days of Michael Jordan, you know, putting the, the Duracell battery on his shoulder, daring you to knock it off. Anybody remember that commercial? You know, uh, because Michael Jordan is very clearly a scientist and has done all of the scientific theory to understand that those batteries indeed are the best batteries, Right. No, it's crazy. He's an awesome basketball player. But people see this awesome basketball player liking Duracell, and we should like Duracell too, right? You know, and that's, that's the picture we get. But you want to know it on a smaller scale, as we let our light shine, as we let our gifts be stewarded for the Lord, people see those things, and it creates influence. Boy, I see you with your kids, you know, or, wow, I just see how you just interacted in that situation. That's a high-pressure situation. I see how you handled that. Wow, what's going on with you? You know, and, and it gives influence for, for our life into theirs. Right? You're tracking so far? Can you say amen? You, you know, so when we understand these things, then we can live on purpose and take inventory and say, so, so how is my character? You know, I'll, I'll just tell you really honestly, there's, a, there's an area in my character that I blow over and over again. And how many know that sometimes your strength is your weakness? You know, so a, 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 a strength for me is I care and I want to say yes and I want to help. You know where I'm going, right? And, and, and how do I blow my character sometimes? Because I overcommit myself. I say yes before I figure it out and count the cost. And far too many times than, than not, either I take way too long to get back or it doesn't wind up, you know, being followed up on. And I got to own that. And I got to say, no, 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 that, that's, that's, my, that's a deficiency in my character. Because eventually that's going to translate to, all right, well, you said yes, but can you really do it? You know, so, so there's all, all kinds of different pictures of this. But w- when we look at growing up in Christ, we can literally look at it in these different areas. Um, compassion. You know, just, just being in a situation and seeing somebody that has a need and, and thinking, okay, connecting with others. Let me, let me go ahead and meet that need. I mean, there's been times where it's been just as simple as I'm walking by somebody who, you know, outside the shop, right? And, and they're trying to juggle and get their car, you know, whatever in their cart. And I'll just come over and like, just hold it because it's almost moving. And they just say, oh, thank you. You know, just a little bit of compassion rather than, you know, I'm not, I'm not perfect with that. I, there's times where I, I should have and I didn't, you know. But in a situation like that where five people have walked by, and that's an opportunity for influence, you know. So, so I'm just trying to paint different pictures really to just get our wheels turning and to look at, you know, uh, how, how can we steward our lives with the Lord in a way that allows influence to grow in our lives. And if we take a look and do some inventory, how is my character? How are my, um, for lack of a better word, people skills? How, I, how am I in, in my loving others and, and being aware of others and caring for others and even putting others before myself? All these, all these great, great instructions and exhortations in the word on how we're to be as believers. How am I doing with these things? Are they being worked out in my life? And then, and then saying, what are my gift areas and am I allowing those gifts? gift areas to glorify God, uh, because all of that together will grow our influence. Amen? 
All right, so I hope your, your wheels are turning. And, and like I said, it's, it's, it's beautiful because every one of us has a measure that God has given us. Again, unless, you know, unless you're watching on live stream and you've not left your house in 20 years, you know, we all have influence every single day. You know, and the beautiful thing, the exciting thing about it is, is when we start thinking about it like, hey, this is part of my calling. This is part of the journey right now. And then it makes every day an adventure. So, Lord, what is it that you want to do today? How do you want to work through me? You know, how do you, you want to glorify your name? So, so with a little bit of that as a painting of, of, of a picture, I want to now just, just look at some different qualities that will keep painting a picture and ask yourself, have I been thinking, you know, more, more like a follower that just goes along with the flow, that's really just kind of concerned with, I got my own stuff to deal with and tunnel vision, you know, or are we thinking in ways that would allow us to grow our influence? So let's look at a couple of these, and I have more than than we'll need for today, uh, so I'll keep an eye on the clock, but uh, it, we'll, we'll take a look, and hopefully this will be a blessing. So first one we'll look at, influence is not ultimately based on natural talent, but on inward character. So, so I talked about, you, you know, I talked about character first, and then we said there's connection, you know, charisma, we could use that, call, call it charisma if we wanted. Um, and then we talked about competence. But you know what? If character's not there, the other two don't matter, right? You know, think about influence with our neighbors. You know, uh, to think about, you know, how we live when nobody but God is watching. How many know that when we think nobody but God is watching, there's usually somebody watching, you know? And if we, if we make our character journey, Lord, I'm living for you, an audience of one, then the beautiful thing is when anybody gets a peek behind the curtain, they say, that's cool. Or look at that. Hey, that, that's character. That's authentic, you know. Um, Proverbs twenty-seven nineteen: as water reflects a face, so a man's heart reflects the man. So again, that's, that's talking about, you know, the, the inward side of things, you know, and how important that is. First Samuel 16, 7, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height. So rem remember, if, if you know the, the setting of this story, this is um, uh, the, the, the prophet trying to figure out which of Jesse's sons God wants to be anointed king. And so he certainly looks at the, the firstborn, you know, look at his stature, you know, and um, the Lord says, don't consider his appearance or his height for I've rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at outward appearances, but the Lord looks at the heart. So, hey, I, I think there's two lessons in this verse. Number one, the Lord looks at the heart and we got to make the heart first. The second thing is people look at appearances. So that's not saying how we carry ourselves doesn't matter. It's just saying in, in the grand scheme of things, it's, it's what God thinks that matters, right? You know, so I, ju I just think that that's cool that that's all wrapped up in there. Uh, Acts 13, 22 talked about David. David then was a man after God's own heart. And, uh, you know, so the first step of growing our influence, growing our light, seeing um, God's kingdom more and more uh, uh, poured out through us uh, is to have a heart for God. Where is our character going to come from? It's going to come from that place of I keep him first in my life and I, on a daily, regular basis, I fan that relationship in prayer, in the word, in worship, walking with him, doing as the, the uh, ancient church father, uh, actually, I don't know if we'd call him ancient, but one of the church fathers of many years ago, Brother Lawrence, talked about practicing the presence of God. Right, learning to carry that awareness that, that we're walking with God throughout every part of every day. And then out of that flows our character for sure. Uh, a second um, a quality we can look at, followers uh, will live for themselves, but kingdom influencers will live for others. Right? You know, and, and the cool thing is if we live for others, God will take care of whatever the need is in our lives. Come on, did you hear that? Can you say Amen. Oh, man, we got to hear that over and over again. I, the, the flesh, pressure, coping mechanisms, all these things will try to push us into, man, I got to think about me, you know, and, and, and there is a degree of I have to steward myself, but from a selflessness standpoint to make the decision to say, man, I'm going to make it about others, God won't be able to do anything but pour blessings back 
You know, so it's like you, we can't lose by, by recognizing that. You know, think about it. And of course, Jesus, the master, he exemplified this in, in the greatest way. He had every right to demand respect, uh, but he chose um, to earn respect by his actions, right? The way he interacted with the disciples as he walked through, just walking with the Father. Uh, Matthew 20, verse 28, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. You know, it was really great. Uh, Eugene was sharing with me. Uh, Eugene leads our motorcycle ministry. He's our plant manager, and he was sharing with me a little bit. I didn't get to the men's breakfast this last time around, but he was sharing with me a little bit of what he did share. And it was just this challenge on uh, just just remembering to serve and how important it is to serve and to think about others and just to look for it in any situation. And, you know, I didn't even get a chance to tell him because our, our, our phone call just ended kind of quick. He said, you know, it, it's looking for the opportunities that might not be obvious. You know, you see the dishes in the sink. I, I felt like he, the Lord was just putting his finger right on, on, on for me there, you know. You know, well, like when you see the dishes in the sink, don't walk by them. I want to say, brother, you're meddling now. Stop, you know. You can wash them. You can wash them, you know. Uh, you know, or, you know, buying somebody lunch or, or taking something that you don't normally do. Practicing is a lifestyle, this picture of, man, it's not about me. It's about others. Come on, can you say amen? You, you catching this? I, I hope this is stirring. Then we get up in the morning and the adventure of the day, now we're looking out, Lord, who do you want to bless? And it could be the simplest of things. I was, I was at ShopRite, I want to say it was Monday morning, and there was a fella having a bad day uh, in front of me, and he was taking it out on the lady uh, at, the, the, at the cashier, you know, and, and he went by, and, and you know, as, as he went through, she goes, why are some people just so mean? You know, and, and I just took an opportunity just to be like, have an amazing day. You know, like you're awesome for being here. J- just to try to respond in the opposite spirit. Just a little thing. I mean, I don't think she's going to go home and say, this man <laughs> saved my life. You, you know, I mean, I don't think it was one of those moments, but it was just a little seed opportunity. That's what it should be. You know, just sow and seed, sow and seed, sow and seed as we go throughout the day. What If it's in my power to take a moment to serve, oh, what God could maybe do through that. And then if it is in settings where people see us over and over again, then they start to realize, man, this is somebody who cares. There, there might be some would say, yeah, but, but are, are you concerned that people will take advantage of that? There's a lot of greed in the world. There's a lot of ugly in the world. There's a lot of, you know, kind of sneaky people and stuff in the world. When we do it as unto the Lord, church, we can't lose. It doesn't matter how they respond. It doesn't matter what they do. It doesn't matter what their motive is. We do it as unto the Lord. God's got us taken care of. And it is the pathway to see. This isn't a message on how to get blessed, but I just feel I, we got to say in the process, God will bless because we are, we're, we're, we're showing him to the world in the way we're living. So uh, Jesus lowered himself to raise others. How cool. To make a part of our purpose. How many others can I lift? You know, in the process, Matthew 23, 12, and whoever exalts himself will be humbled and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. The world's method, lower others to raise your own status. You know, uh, come on, let's, let's have a little, let's have a little moment of telling on ourselves. Have you ever told on somebody else to make yourself look better? Come on, we call that throwing them under the bus. You know, we, we, we've all done that at times, right? You know, that, that's, that's the opposite uh, of, of what we want to be, you know, modeling in our lifestyle. Uh, another characteristic, the third one we'll look at here, uh, influencers, they never quit, but they do continue adjusting. You know, just making the decision on this journey that we're walking in life, this journey walking through with God, I'm just not going to quit. You know, so I showed influence, doesn't look like it did anything. I loved and I cared and I served, doesn't look like it did anything. I, I took a step out and, and it doesn't look like it did an, anything. The, the, the person who lives a life for the Lord of influence, uh, uh, for kingdom influence, is going to say, hey, I'm never going to quit, but they are constantly adjusting. You know, I was thinking, my, I, I probably have mentioned this in the past year, my dad uh, was like a, like a massive, massive NASCAR fan. 
you know, and so I would get into it a little bit with him. And sometimes if we'd go over on, on Sunday after church, you know, he'd, he'd have the race on. Sometimes they would be Saturday night races. But, uh, and, and, and if you know, how many, how many in here know about NASCAR, have ever watched a NASCAR race? Uh, yeah. So, so, you know, throughout the day, they go into the pits, uh, to, for, for a pit stop. And they would, they would say something like, you know, I, would, I heard the announcer say, well, you're taking out a little wedge there. And I said to my dad, well, what does he mean taking out a little wedge? And they have this crank and they're cranking something on, you know, and they're making all of these adjustments on the car and they just keep adjusting and adjusting and adjusting so that they can uh, ultimately win the race. What a great picture that is, isn't it? You know, it's, we don't quit, you know, uh, man, if, if we're, if we're going through and we try and man, it, j- it just doesn't work out. Hey, we've learned uh, a, a way of uh, maybe not how to do it. <laughs> that always brings me back to the Thomas Edison story, you know, where this, this poor journalist says to him like, oh, Thomas Edison, like well, how you have failed, you know, whatever it was, 900 times, 9, I can't remember how many times, it might've been 10,000, um, you, you know, attempts for making the light bulb. And uh, he said, nope, I didn't fail all those times. That I know that many different ways to not make a light bulb now. And now I'm that much closer toward my goal, toward, you know, you know, something that's going to, you know, serve the world. So, so if we make necessary adjustments along the way, we won't find ourselves at a dead end. You know, again, it goes back to uh, in, in flying, they talk about a principle of smaller corrections sooner and then you don't have to make big corrections later, right? And so I even see that going into our, our devotion time, our daily walk with God. He's going to speak to us. I've had times where I've stepped out and I thought, all right, Lord, I'm going to be bold and I'm going to step out. And I looked like a, a dope, you know, and then I just felt like the Lord lovingly be like, so we know that's not how to do it next time. You know, but the Lord didn't say quit. The Lord didn't say don't do it, you know, and, and, and that, that's part of the process of learning. Uh, hey, let's look at another one here. We, we still got plenty of time. A leader realizes, uh, so an influencer, uh, a kingdom world shaper realizes that their actions impact more lives than their own. A, a person who's a kingdom influencer realizes that their actions impact more lives than just their own. Did you hear that one? Did that, did that land? I think that is one of the biggest places where the enemy, I think that's one of the biggest truths that the enemy wants us distracted from is to recognize that what we do impacts others. I mean, think about it. Even in the Christian world, how many, how many in the Christian world now are taking areas that God said, These, this is sin, don't do it, don't participate, don't condone. And, and, and there's a, it, and it's under the guise of tolerance, but there's a mindset out there that says, well, if they're not hurting anybody. But God really makes it clear in the word, there is no such thing. You know, there's times where God says, I, he's got to bring judgment on a nation because that nation is living in sin, you know, and, and rejecting opportunities to repent and turn back, you know. So, so it, there, there is no such thing as our actions happen in a vacuum and they really don't affect anybody else around us. It's, it's really, really something where that is super, super rare. Uh, Philippians 3.17, join together in following my example, brothers and sisters. And just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. And again, isn't it, you know, in scripture, bad company corrupts good character. You know, I, I've, seen, I've seen in settings, you know, meetings, uh, you know, little gatherings where one person will, will walk up with a real stinky attitude and it'll just, uh, it'll just entirely affect how that whole thing was going. You know, just one person. And sometimes I'll think that's not fair. There's, there's 12 people here. Why did this one person just come up and, and affect this this way? It's, it's because our, our actions do affect others. And, and you want to know what is kind of true? Uh, unfortunately, why is it that the bad stuff affects quicker and sometimes more in impact than, than the stuff that's a blessing? Right? I know that as a pastor. You know, I might have five people come up and say, thank you for the message it ministered to me. 
and have one person came up and say, you know, that was terrible. You should really get your act together, you know, and I'll, I'll, I'll go away and I won't be saying, God, thank you for those five people that were ministered to. I will say, what, what, what's with this person? What did they, I can't believe they said that to me. Lord, what's going on with this person? Lord, Lord, you, you know, <laughs> just, can you say amen? Have you had that happen too? You know, so, so it's what, what I was going to I was going to, I was going to be off color and I don't want to do that. So, <laughs> so I, I have learned in the process that when that happens uh, to say, uh, Lord, I got to give this over to you, you know, and not let that person's opinion affect me, you know, as, as I move forward with him. So, uh, so people watch and imitate us more than we'll ever realize. And again, like I said, the picture of just watching uh, a reckless driver going down the road, it, it, it's something to behold. So, all right, another one. This is the fifth one that we're looking at. Uh, true kingdom influencers will forget the past, build in the present, and plan for the future. You know, so we leave the past behind, only use it in our rear view mirror, uh, really focus in on today, and at the same time, be realizing that there's a future that God wants to work out in our lives. And again, a great verse, probably many of us are familiar with Philippians 3, 13 to 14. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Man, that just really, really lays it out there. So uh, the past is like dried concrete. The present is like fresh cement ready to be formed. And the future is like the, br- the blueprints. You know, so if we want to think about it that way, that can kind of help us. And, and again, so let's ask ourselves, let's just take a little pop quiz. So where do you spend the majority of your time? Do you spend it on yesterday? Do you spend it on now? Or do you spend it on the future? You know, it should be the majority on now with blueprints for the future, and the past is really just a rear view mirror. Can you say amen? All right. You good for going for a couple more? Yeah? All right. Number six, a, a, a leader, a kingdom influencer, one who shapes the world, uh, is set apart from the crowd by their confidence in God. And it's not a confidence in their own talent or their own abilities, but what sets them apart is that they are completely secure and confident in him. And, that, and that's why, again, it does really go back to how important it is for us to maintain our own personal, daily, ongoing, abiding in the vine connection with the Lord, because that is where our confidence comes from. We hear his voice, he's leading us, you know? <laughs> you know, when, when I'm in that place, and, and there is a time, you know, because as, as a leader, the, it, it's just natural. The more folks you're in front of, the more opinions you're gonna get, you know? And when I'm... When I'm really walking in unbroken fellowship with God and not letting distractions and other, other things get in the way, you know, I, I can, I'll do two things. I'll say, let's say somebody comes and they deliver something and it wasn't delivered in a nice way. When, I, when I'm straight with God, I can say, all right, that wasn't nice, but what do you have to say? Are they right? You know, and I can work it through that way. And then if it's just completely, totally off off the mark, I can laugh and say, hey, you might not think much of me now, but you should have seen me last year. I'm growing. God's in my life. God loves me. He's got me. My past is forgiven. My uh, uh, present is walking with him in his power, and my future is secure. You know, and there's just a confidence that comes in that. But how many know what I'm talking about? And I'm not talking even necessarily about like backsliding. I'm just talking about you get preoccupied, and life is getting full. And the next thing you know is like, when's the last time I lingered with the Lord? When's the last time I just just worshipped? And you know, and, and it's in those times where where our confidence, uh, you know, secure ground, where that can kind of get beat on. You know, and then here's the other thing. When we're walking tight with God and the winds do come, it protects us from arrogance because we recognize it's the Lord, right? And it says in Philippians 3.3, 3, uh, it, it talks about those who, who put no confidence in the flesh. Uh, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Man, that's a good one, huh? You know, putting our confidence in the flesh. Oh, we're going to be in trouble. And again, how, how do we get into that place? When we get out of just thinking and walking in the spirit, you know? Uh, where did David get the guts to stand up to Goliath? 
It was from the relationship that he built with God while he was out tending the sheep. Isn't that cool? When it was just God and David and the sheep. And he began to learn God's character and nature that by the time he got in front of the army that had the rest of Israel's army shaking in their boots, David is saying, I know God. These are not folks in covenant with God and they're coming against God's covenant people. We can't lose. You know, and, and it's interesting. Sometimes people will mistake confidence in God as arrogance. Too bad for them. Right? Let them figure it out. Because that's exactly what they did to David. Oh, look at Mr. Big Shot coming here trying to meddle. You know, what are you doing? Why aren't you out with those sheep? You know, and, and he's looking and he's saying, no, I know who God is. This giant's got to fall. So th- here's the challenge for us. The depth of our relationship with Jesus Christ will determine how far we can successfully influence because here's the other side of it, ready? So, so if there's anybody here tonight saying, I'm ready, I want to influence the world, you know, everybody, you know, just realize too, the more we get in front of, the more, like I said, the more opinions there are, you know, and so how could we do that in a place where we can keep integrity, keep the audience of one, do that all the right way, well, it's going to be as we keep a, a deep, consistent relationship with Christ. So, Amen. Let's see. So we're just coming on 8 o'clock. I'm going to do like two more, okay? Amen? Okay. So to, to be an influencer for Christ, we must think like a leader, not like a follower. We must think like an influencer. And again, um, I, 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 sometimes I, I want to really steer away from the leader because I, I, I think we think title. And going back to all of the introduction here, no, no, every one of us is called to have a leading influence, leading others to Christ. And so, so how does one think as a leader, as an influencer? Well, the Bible is full of pictures, you know, of how we're going to think and how we're going to behave. But certainly one thing for sure And you know, church, I just, I feel like this verse here, Philippians 4, 8, and and I want to throw it right in the middle. Let me just throw this a little aside here, right in the middle of all the garbage that we're going through in the world right now. So a couple of balancing statements. We stand up, we have courage, we stand for righteousness, we act, we don't stick our head in the sand. Amen? Amen. Okay, but with that, finally, my brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think on these things, right? There's far too much when mess starts showing up, there's far too much immersing ourselves in the mess, I understand getting, trying to get educated if there is such a thing and all the confusion that's out there, right? You know, but, but uh, I have such a personal concern that many are in an effort to influence and they're doing just the opposite. And how does that happen? Because our, our perspective starts to get skewed because we are immersed in whatever is false, whatever is a noble, whatever is wrong. You following with me? Whatever is impure, whatever is ugly, whatever is uh, distasteful, uh, things that are not excellent, things that we don't want to praise, things that we grieve over, we're not to think about these things. But again, isn't isn't it the flesh nature to go back? 10 compliments, one criticism, why am I stuck in the criticism? You know? And, and then, and let's just think about it this way too. And what's piping out over the airwaves? What is the ultimate goal of, of pretty much every media source out there to get us to go, uh-oh, I better listen to you some more, right? You know, so just, just, just a little, little aside caution because you want to know what, church, it's, I know it's tough out there and I know there's ugly stuff. And, and like I said, I know there, there's, there's things that we got to stand for. There's battles that we got to have, but there is such opportunity for the body of Christ to show the world who Jesus is in the midst of all of this. And if we miss that, man, if we miss that, then, then it, it actually winds up becoming a backfiring. Yeah, you know, I would just, I just uh, this is part of my heart for just 
all of the church world, for our church to just continually to ask God, Lord, is what I'm doing, is what I'm saying, is my effort to be an influencer, what are other people hearing? What are other people hearing? You know, like again, I, I want you to know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step out here, I'm going to meddle a little bit, and I want you to know if there's anybody here that I'm, I'm saying something that you did, I want you to know I'm not taking a shot across the bow. I have no person in mind, you know, because I feel like I see this hundreds of times. But I'll see somebody who has something written on Facebook, and, the, and, and at the end of their thing, they'll say, wake up, you know, and you know, my immediate thought is, my response to somebody that I read casually on Facebook that tells me to wake up, do, do, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, get your head out of the sand, wake up, what's wrong with you? I'm not going to stop, and, and chances are, chances are, I'm talking about from an influence perspective, I'm not going to stop and say, they are so right. I need to wake up. But you want to know, if I'm talking to somebody and they say, brother, brother, why do you think the way you do about this? Can we talk? Man, let, let, let's talk this over, man. This is, this is not easy stuff. And you know I love you, right? I, I think you're asleep, man. I think, I think man, you got to open your eyes. How many think I might be a little, more, a little more open to say, hey, maybe I do have to open my eyes? Now, I, I know there are times there, there is the office of the prophet where God sends the prophet out to kick everybody's butt, right? And he's just got to say it. But you want to know what? I think, I think we have too many would-be prophets that maybe we have to go back and say, what's my ultimate goal? How can we tell whether it's going to be an influence? Ask yourself, what are you trying to do? You trying to tick somebody off? Or are you trying to melt somebody's heart so they can maybe turn and see another perspective? Amen? Amen? Trying to make enough balancing statements here so that we can work this through. But, but I believe, I believe one of the things the Lord is saying to the body of Christ at this time, we have huge opportunity. And, and, it's, and, and, and again, just to, to over, overstate it, um, man, it's a dark culture. And God doesn't want us to compromise an ounce. But I think there's been a lot of paying attention to the opposite of Philippians 4.8. That's got a lot of people way too dying on hills that God didn't call us to die on. And, and if we can say, Lord, help me step back here and really look at what's, what's the loving thing. Maybe it's the hard thing to say, but maybe even just asking, is there a better way? Or is there a more effective means on how I can convey this? And, and so I, I'm, I'm picking on Facebook for a minute here, um, but, but it can be in our conversations with people in the day-to-day. -day. Um, come on, people have gotten so ugly, you know? They, they, they have done things that are so polarizing. I think the churches, the, the church in this setting, I think our first responsibility is to show people who Jesus is. And Jesus said, while you were yet a sinner, I died for you right? Now the church is salt and the church is light and salt is a preservative. So we have to stand against wickedness. We have to stand against immorality, but we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So if there's a way to stand against that and at the same time be known for, but that's a loving person, but that person served me, but that person showed me Jesus. It's like Jesus with skin on. How, how'd they do that, right? Can you say Amen. Man, I took a trail that I didn't mean to, to, to take there. But I will tell you, this is something that, that I've been burdened on and that I'm praying about. You know, uh, I just, just, as far as looking at our influence, I feel like God is saying there is huge opportunity. See, we, we look at the darkness and it looks so bleak. And it creates angst and fear and worry. And if we react, respond, initiate, and move out of angst and fear and worry, there's not going to be good fruit that comes out of that. But if we see all the darkness and the garbage and the junk, and we realize all I have to do is let the Lord light me up, and it's going to burn, and the darkness will get consumed by it, right? You know, and, and we'll see clearly and we'll know how to navigate. And you know what? There are seven mountains of culture. There's an education mountain that people got to go war, to war in. There's a government mountain that the people, that people have to go to war in. But it's, it's in issues. It's not attacking people. Can you say amen? 
Amen. Amen. All right. So uh, we, we need to realize here, thinking like a leader, I think, I think it's really honing in on this idea when we think from an influence perspective and, and remember where we started this, am I adding value? Am I loving? I might be saying the hard thing, but if it's coming from a place of love, you know, I remember one time I got a chance to see my pastor from, from North Jersey, um, I, I, w- I was reminiscing a little bit with him. He took me to a funeral. I, I don't know if I've ever shared this story here, but he took me to a funeral of uh, a woman at the church and um, her, her and her husband had divorced and he was down in Virginia and he, he was backslidden and uh, he had been in an accident and he was killed. And so the funeral was happening up here and uh, so he was, he was living for the world. He was partying, all this stuff. And a bunch of his friends were there uh, that, that were a part of the party scene, you know. And so, so the, the godly um, uh, spouse had said, you know, Pastor, will you come do the funeral? And I was learning. I was new. So he brought me in the car with him and we went to this funeral. And uh, the friends began to get up and they began to talk about how uh, when someday they're going to party in hell with this guy who had passed. And, you know, I bet you he's twice as rowdy down there than he is here and all of this. And I just remember feeling really, really uh, just ugly about it. And, you know, like this is so wrong. And then, then I mean, and there was like 20 of them, you know, and, and pastor got up and he said, well, it's time to set the record straight. There is no partying in hell, you know, and, and there is no chance for him to repent. And what he's experiencing now is horrible. And, and that's unfortunate. And there's nothing we can do about that. But you here today, there's something that could be done. And he preached the gospel. I wish I could tell you that I said, go get him, pastor, just like you're doing now. I sat in the back of the room and I thought, we're going to die here. We're going to be killed. These are scary, ugly guys that don't care about right or wrong, you know? And uh, I tell you what, he, he, he like, pr- because the motive. So you get the whole picture, thinking like a leader here. No, I got to, first of all, I got to fear God. But he, he didn't do that to tick those guys off. He did that because the people in the crowd were getting a wrong idea that God rescued people from that. And that's not the real picture. And so from that, courage and boldness came out in what he preached, you know, and, and, and the lesson on the ride home was, hey, we can't fear man, we fear God. And when we fear God, we'll see things really clear. Amen? Amen? So, so cool. So uh, let's see. I think we're, we're, we'll come in for a landing here. Yeah, yeah, let's come in for a landing here. Amen? Praise God. So, hey, uh, the, the, I guess the takeaway, I know we covered a lot of different things here. I think the, the biggest takeaway goal for us would be, so do, do I think about my daily life in terms of I've got this privilege of influence? And what am I doing with that privilege of influence? You know, and then uh, just bringing it before God and, and, and here today asking him just to breathe on us afresh and anew and to give us fresh opportunity. Can you say amen? So let, let's bow our heads, let's close our eyes, and let's just, just ask him to do it. So, well, Father, we just give you glory and praise here tonight. We thank you so much for your goodness. God, we thank you so much for the privilege that we have to, to be your children. We thank you so much for the privilege that we have to be carriers of your light, to be a city on a hill. And Lord, as we've we've looked at this idea of building the people that shape the world and being people that shape the world, Lord, we pray that we would really, in, in the go forward, in whatever way we see it now, that there would be a greater sense of understanding the opportunities you want to give us to be influenced for you. Lord, in our homes, in all of our family circles, with our friends, co-workers, and then with all the people that we pass daily and weekly and monthly. God, we pray that you would help us see through that lens moving forward. And again, first and foremost, that we would realize, Lord, there is a field white unto harvest, a treasure trove of opportunity to serve, to love, to minister in such a variety of ways, Lord, in all of our coming and going. Lord, let us see our life. Let us see the day by day as an adventure in a way that we've never seen it before. 
And just with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, if there's anybody that, that's here tonight that would just want to say, uh, Lord, I pray that there would be a fresh impartation of anointing and influence. I really want to step out moving forward from here. Then would you just kind of raise your hand up and say, Lord, that's me. That's me. And so, Lord, I just thank you for those that have hands raised that would be saying, Lord, more opportunity for influence, more anointing to influence for your kingdom. Lord, I thank you for pouring out on each one. Thank you for pouring out on each one. Thank you for pouring out on each one. And Father, we do pray amidst all that's shaky and shaking and all that's corrupt and all that's wrong and dark in the world around us and all of the misinformation and all of the confusion. Lord, where all the, the lines have been drawn in places where you have not drawn them. Lord, where the lines haven't been drawn, where they need to be drawn. Father, let your wisdom fall upon your church. God, I say that with my heart humbled, continuing to ask you on behalf of myself, on behalf of our leaders in this church, on behalf of our congregation, on behalf of the body of Christ around the state and around our nation. Help us navigate these times. Help us to influence. Lord, you've told us in your word that there's, that we're not to live legalistically with legalistic law, but we're to take those principles and be led by your spirit and that there are times and seasons for those things. And so Lord, show us again, Father, like the sons of Issachar, that we would understand these times and that we would know what to do. But Lord, just this, this overwhelming sense of opportunity that we have in this time, that you would show us to how both be light and courageous and uncompromised and love and grace and mercy. We absolutely need you to walk us through that, Lord. So I thank you for that. I thank you for working in us tonight. I thank you for equipping us tonight. Thank you for opening our eyes and broadening our perspective. And Lord, thank you for this opportunity just for us to uh, pray in agreement, pray a little more about some of the stuff that's going on around us. Lord, release champions into these mountains that, that will fight in these areas where darkness is moving into our schools. Lord, where, where there are demonic philosophies and mindsets that are, that are um, looking to just capture the hearts and actions of our nation. Lord, we pray that your body would rise up holy and beautiful and full of wisdom that confounds the wisdom of the world and that in it there would be droves and droves of people that would come to you. We know only you can do that. Only you can walk us through that way. Release people into the government. Release people into education. Lord, release people into the media. Lord, release people into every mountain of culture where things have been made perverse and have been turned upside down. And help us navigate where we aim the fight. Hmm. Thank you, Lord. Nothing is impossible for you not by our might, not by our power, but by your spirit. So God, we give you all the glory. Lord, it's in Jesus' mighty name that we pray. Amen.